0: Are back with our Bell podcast. This is our sixth episode. What I love about Bell with Hillary Cole. Hi, Hi, Hillary. Hello. How are you? Great. Lovely. Gorgeous day. Absolutely perfection out here today.
1: Yeah, I'm not mad. I, I, I'm not shy about admitting that summer is my least favorite uh, <laughs> season because I'm allergic to the sun. So it's kind of you know a worthless season for me. But this has been like, I mean, it's mid July right now. This is easy. Gorgeous. Summer should always be like this. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you guys have a full day today. It's we busy t- in there.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a full stacked Friday. I'm super excited because um, we have at I'm not gonna say what time because that would be probably not good for privacy, but, um, <laughs> later today, um, one of our guests coming into taste is, um, the proprietor who owns the Foniani Vineyard in Coombsville, um, Foniani Vineyard being one of our single vineyard Cabernets, and I think I've mentioned it before, either in the last podcast or the one before, I was excited about its release, because it is, um, my favorite thing in our portfolio right now. Um, I think I warned everybody to get it before I do, because uh, it's very low on on production levels. Um, but she's coming in today, so I'm very excited to uh, to see Kelly and and let her know how well the wine is doing. Because uh, on that flight, on that single vineyard flight that we just launched, um, the Faniani is definitely the the star and, and our our guest. That's the one that they're walking out with the most of. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to deliver that news to, to Kelly and also uh, you know to have her here taste. Today. Okay, I was um, going to ask. So
0: yeah. she comes in and t-
1: tastes. This is the first tasting that I've known her to do. Um, you know, she'll come in and visit, and yes. she's obviously been to the winery. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, she was here for, I mean, because obviously we went to her house, you know, her vineyard uh, for harvest. Uh, and it was 2019 uh, for harvest of that vineyard. And I think she came here for Crush, um, you know, like immediately after harvesting um came here for the crush I think don't quote me on this I could be wrong um and I know she's been here a couple times um since then but I think this is the first tasting that she's doing like formal tasting so how fun yeah that will be neat yeah uh, stoked for that but yeah it's a it's a busy summer um the valley this summer um since June has really slowed down compared to last summer, I think um, you know just with like the cer- the uncertainties in the world and everything, um, people are kind of backing off from doing as much travel. Plus the airlines are not exactly helping us out. I don't know if anybody saw that video of like London Heathrow and all the baggage. <laughs> what a nightmare! Uh, so I don't I don't know you know what all the uh, elements are that has visitation down valley-wide. But the cool thing that's coming from that is that it's opening up a lot of time that we don't normally have this year to really knock out, you know, projects and start new projects and stuff. And so, um, and and it also allows us, like, to spend more time with our guests who are here um, and and kind of slow that tasting down a little bit and spend a little extra time with them. But, yeah.
0: So speaking of projects, Mm -hmm. um, there was a major one we brought up you know, on our previous yeah. podcast, and it's getting closer and closer.
1: It made my day. It made my day. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even on site for 10 minutes before John uh, Hazak, our winemaker, brought in the very first fully outfitted, labeled, foil-on bottle of um, Scoundrel for for his new label, his new package. Um, and, you know, just to, to review on that, that was a project where the conversation started before I even got here. I've been here for a little over a year now, and that conversation had been going for about a year prior to, to me getting here. Um, and, you know, for this, that, and the other, the conversation stalled. I mean, COVID stalled everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that conversation stalled. And then, you know, we, we picked that, that conversation back up shortly after I got here and, and, like, finally finished it out. And it was such a fun project. You know, I, 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 get a, I, I love talking about this, uh, this scoundrel project because it was just so fun. And, like, who he is as a character, I adore him. I, I can't wait to see his life unfold. And I, I talk about this wine like it's a person, right? It's, it's absurd.
0: Yeah, it kind of but, is, right? Uh, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> has its
1: character now. He has its character now. Um, and so the, the first bottle um, of, of the new Scoundrel with his new label and, and new uh, capsule and back label and everything um, was established today first first bottle is sitting right over there um and i'm taking it home tonight um but yeah that was that was a very like happy friday thing to walk into um just seeing that come to a close and now the only thing we have to do we, we start what september 6th um with our uh, people who are building the website on, on that project, because Scoundrel's getting his very own website, all of his own, uh, it's going to be a, a really, really fun website that I'm, I'm excited for. And I think what I like about this project so much with Scoundrel is that um, it's like the yin and the yang, you know? On on our Bell wine cellar side, and, uh, you know, that's such a sophisticated boutique, luxury, premium wine, you know, and it, it's wines for... for serious connoisseurs, collectors, but we are also, as an education winery, um, the place for people to come to visit to get a good idea about what wine is and how different styles of wine fit into your life, mm-hmm. fit into your cellar, fit into your different dinners, right? And so we kind of, on on the Bell Wine Cellar side, we cover both ends of like being able to um, cater to both uh, novices and connoisseurs um and not to say that it's i wouldn't say that we have a stuffy experience by any means in fact one of the things that our uh reviews and our and our clients really drive home over and over is uh, is how you know casual we are. it's like a, a casual approach to education and everything um but that connection is on the higher-end side, you know? Um, Scoundrel is the total flip side. I mean, the, the wine is called the Scoundrel, right? Like, how serious is this <laughs> wine going to get? Um, but it's a incredibly well-crafted wine at a great price point um, with a super cute name, and being able to take that and, and spin it into a personality and into his own brand that is completely divergent from Bell Wine Cellars and what we do. So it's kind of like getting to... Um, getting to work with two different companies yes. at the same time. and so I very fun. yeah, seeing that one come to life just makes me smile. And when will we be able to show everyone the label?: Oh. Uh. Don't you dare. <laughs> John already tried. John had a bottle proudly displayed in the uh, in the tasting room. And I was like, what are you doing? Um, not till late November. Uh, yeah. Maybe mid-November is when everybody will get to see um, the Scoundrels' new, new label. Okay. Yeah. So we have that. Um, I just got back from doing um, a private in-home tasting in Atlanta. Uh, some of our That's wine right. club members. Yeah. Great trip. Um, met some wonderful people, um, came back with new family members, um, and new wine club members. And, uh, it, it went really well, was really great to get back out on the road. Um, September, I've got at least one, probably two trips out to Chicago, um, for more private tastings for members, um, back to Atlanta in October. So there's a lot going on. And then, um, really excited, to finally be able to share that we have our first event in almost three years on the calendar. Awesome. Um, that will be October 22nd. We're doing um, a harvest dinner. Um, John will be present, our, our winemaker. You know, he'll, he'll be there. The whole team will be there. Um, and it's going to be a great dinner. It is uh, set up. It will be um, four stations out on our north lawn, that, you know, that brand new lawn out there. Uh, in each of the four stations will have a different library wine, which library wines we never open in the tasting room. You know, it's okay. we'll describe it, and here you go. And the library wines are, are also, uh, you know, only available to our wine club members. And this is a wine club member-only dinner. It's, uh, it's being held pretty close at 60 people. Uh, we have enough space to be able to space out tables and everything for 60. Um, and so it'll be four different library wines where our members will get to, to taste the, the library um and there will be a, a medley of past appetite uh, past appetizers during that kind of cocktail hour and then there will have a seated and plated uh three course dinner with wine pairings so uh that will be our our first event in three years uh to kind of say thank you to our wine club members for hanging in there with us um as we navigated all these challenges with doing events and everything um and then next year in may we're going overseas for the first time in a year in in a few years uh so we'll be sending out an announcement here pretty soon um to uh let everybody know like we're going to bordeaux um two or three days with a land tour um where we'll go through and, and explore the left bank a bit, and then we're going to hop on a riverboat, uh, or a river yacht, I should say, and um, do seven nights um, of, a, of a river cruise through Bordeaux. And, of course, every single day you stop in at a, at a different place to go on land and explore and everything. Um, but I just started the uh, the Bordeaux master program um, to kind of get ready for that. You know, I, I did French Wine Scholar and other master programs. Um, and so I'm very... And, I've obviously studied Bordeaux and everything throughout my uh, studies as a sommelier. Um, but just to kind of like get ready for this trip and, and also to, to be able to um, give a more in-depth experience for the members who, who come. Um, I just started the Bordeaux Master Program, so I'll be wrapping that up. Well, that, that's what I spend my life doing now when I'm not here studying Bordeaux. Nice. So
0: that's so exciting to be able to have you know events back and, mm-hmm. and a trip on the books
1: mm-hmm. for our
0: members yeah
1: yeah it's um, and I think having when I was saying earlier that visitation being down um, this summer throughout the entire valley um, it's a blessing and a curse because when you're constantly you know going like we normally are yes. at this time um, you really don't have the the headspace to um, you know work on these ancillary things that just kind of get pushed aside because you have to get today done, you know, before you can even think about next year. And so kind of having the time and the space and the headspace to be able to think ahead. And yeah, so that's all for me. Um, But yeah, we've been listening to me ramble through uh, five episodes now. So um, I think it'll be fun to to see what John's got going on. You know, I'm kind of like still managing the projects that we've been talking about. And Belle is, you know, on that same Same track, you know, that that we've been talking about. The wines are doing great, but I I think that uh, it'll be fine to pull John in and let him talk about where we're at. Let's go
0: grab John. Yeah. And now with us is our winemaker, John Hazak. Welcome, John. Thank you. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Good. You're good. What's going on? What's the update?
2: We are actually. just finishing assembling the 2020 blends so all the big red cabs the clone wines they're all about to go into bottle next week so we're uh, yeah it's very exciting they taste great oh good and uh yeah a couple of new ones squeezed in there so it's gonna be a, a great vintage it's nice to see that after a great 2018 vintage and 19 in bottle and now the 20s are uh, following suit so it's nice when you have a nice string of high quality vintages so and, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> And uh, in the vineyards, we're mostly um, doing final touches on shoot positioning and uh, thinning some fruit. Uh, we're still a little ways away from veraison, where the grapes turn color and start to soften and ripen. Uh, right now, we are just uh, making sure the vines are balanced. They have what they need to start that last stretch and uh, you know, go into the ripening season. Uh, harvest will start probably around August 20th each year, typically. Uh, usually with Sau Blanc and some of our Syrah from the Sierra Foothills.
1: Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Which of the Napa vineyards do you expect will hit first?
2: Uh, a little bit of uh, Sau Blanc from Yountville here, mm-hmm. probably one of the earliest. And then uh, typically after that, um, maybe the Mount Veeder yeah. cab tends to be, because it sets a very small crop uh-huh. uh, up on the hillsides, it's a pretty stressful environment, and those vines cannot handle a heavy crop. Mm. So... Very small clusters, very sparse clusters, and just not much fruit in general. And it tends to ripen pretty quickly, especially if we have a hot year. Yeah. So so far, last year started uh, pretty warm in this part of the year. But then once the uh, ripening season started, around late, late July and in August, uh, it cooled down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we had a nice gentle finish. So I'm hoping for that here as well. But it um, looks good out there. looks pretty balanced. I, I think uh, slightly below average on uh, crop size, uh-huh. which usually is a good thing for quality. Good,
0: yeah. So, yeah.
2: But that's uh, that's mostly what's been happening on the winemaking front. Yeah.
1: It's been busy in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's been hoses, and the guys have been running around, forklifts yeah. going around. Yeah.
2: So. yeah. That's, it's a busy time for us, harvest and bottling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bottling, uh, they always say it's the uh, winemaker's least favorite thing to do. So many things have to align. All the stars have to align. All the materials in place, the wines finished and ready. And uh, we have a mobile truck that comes. Uh, They're the pros. We don't have a bottling line here. So uh, it it takes a lot to keep a bottling line running, especially when you only use it two or three times a year. Right. So it's better to bring in a truck with the pros. They've got uh, sparkling new equipment, and uh, they know how to do it, and they do it all the time. So it's better for the wines in the, in the long run.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bottling Absolutely. is a labor intensive day. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Usually uh, two or three days of, uh,
1: uh-huh.
2: especially doing it in the summertime, uh-huh. pretty hot.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: We're out, out in the sun.
1: So. Shoulders just screaming at you. <laughs> yeah.
2: A lot of lifting. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Tell
0: us about what we're drinking today.
2: 2019 Chardonnay. Um, this is from our estate here. So Yonville. Uh Yonville is towards the south end of Napa Valley. It tends to be a little cooler down here, a little heavier soils because we're closer to the river. Uh, the whites do well here. Sau Blanc, we don't have any Sau Blanc planted here, but the Chardonnay uh, does well. And, um, it's uh, This particular vintage was uh, split into two different lots. Uh, half of it I did in some uh, new barrels, full malolactic fermentation. Um, a lot of uh, lees stirring, we call batonnage. Stirring of the lees, it's the yeast that settle to the bottom after fermentation, and they, uh, they start to release proteins and polysaccharides that give the wine mouthfeel and creaminess, mm. which is good in the Chardonnay, for sure. Yes. So, uh, so half of it was done that way, and half of it was done in stainless steel fermentation, a little cooler, so it preserves the fresher fruit, and also only a partial malolactic fermentation. So it preserves some of that malic acid that gives a little bit of a brightness, and then they came together so you for bonding mm-hmm. Wow, a little funny. bit of the best of both worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well,
1: thank you. Good. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Thank you, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> when I was up at uh, I was up at BV uh, blending uh, Ron's wine, the cab, the one that's going to come oh, out yeah. soon. Um, they had, bought, they had lent a bunch of their um, blending room glassware for an event, so they only had some of the last glassware, and it was the stuff in the back that hadn't been used in a while, and it was dusty. And we're trying to blend, and, and I'm like, like this is not... and then Trevor, like his fam- favorite wine of the lineup that we had was the one that I had this like horrible, dusty aroma,
0: oh. and
2: I'm like, well, I, that, it does that killed it that for killed me. It, yeah. Yeah. It's your favorite was my least favorite just because of the glass. So it's, it's important to me. Absolutely. And, um, and coating the glass is really the easy. I like to prime the glass first. I usually pour a little bit, swirl and coat and then pour out and then pour fresh. If you have the luxury of doing that. Yes. When I'm blending top wines, that's important.
1: Yeah. When I'm
2: blending the top wines, I want them to be exactly what they are and show exactly as they are.
1: Do you have a favorite glassware brand? I do.
2: I've I've always loved Riedel just because they're readily available and uh you know, and for the most part their their major glass shapes work. Mm -hmm. You don't I think of course that's their business and they go to an extent where they make a glass for pretty much anything. Mm
1: -hmm. Is that what they do you need
2: all those? Yeah, Yeah, this is a Riedel. Okay.
1: Um Sorry so, to share with you. I'm yeah. switching us to Gabriel Glass next year.
2: <laughs> well, no, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. I just, I'm just, i just saying it's it's easy to find them. Uh, their quality has been great to me over the years, and I've been using them for 25 years. Yeah, I think so for it's, it's for not the, like, you know, not all of these have been available that long.
1: Riedel's the so, great, to me, yeah. like, the great workhorse brand. Sure. And, like, when I have parties with a bunch yeah. of people, I won't... The, no, the number of cases of Riedel glassware I have at my house is egregious. Yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> It's, like, over 25 cases of glassware at my house for Riedel's. Because when I have parties, I have, like, a lot of people over. And we drink out of proper glassware. But Riedel's is what I have for, like, my workhorse glass. But for, like, what I prefer, it's always Gabriel glass. I love
2: the Gabriel. Well, even the Riedels, to... the top Riedels, the it's Sommelier pretty. series, they're very thin yeah. and they're big, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a very yes. thin, yeah. it's almost like paper. Yeah. <laughs> in terms wow. of, mm-hmm. yeah. You and need and it's beautiful. It... Yeah, you have to be careful. You have to be very careful yeah. with them. Like yeah.
1: the, the standard for Gabriel Glass, the standard is more um, is more durable than the gold. Like the yeah. gold is paper, paper thin. It's so delicate. Yeah. Um, but just the way the, the glass is designed... Um, it's kind of flatter in the bottom and then kind of tulips up or, or um, goes in at the top, you know, as a wine glass should. Um, but it's a it's a one size fits all glass, like any varietal. Oh, yeah, I even drink yeah. champagnes out yeah. of it, oh, not yeah. not necessarily like the more reductive style champagnes, but my my more oxidative styles. Um, mm-hmm. And then any white or red, like it, it's a one size fits all glass. Oh, it's amazing. Cool. Um, but there's a marked difference like even when I um, pour in other brands of, of glassware compared to uh, the Gabriel glass I get much more expression
2: yeah I know a lot of people that what would be Riedel's tulip style burgundy yeah glass, uh-huh. they use that for everything yeah. I've i tried it. it works just fine but mm-hmm. in general I mean I as long as I have a cab shape yeah and a pinot shape and then maybe a, a saub blanc or aromatic whites right that right. fits the bill for me I'm you know, I have a couple really, really nice glasses, but for the most part, the workhorse Riedel works fine, and, yep. and if they break, it's not the end of the world. Exactly.
1: <laughs> my Gabriels? are inexpensive. I never <laughs> wash my Gabriels the same day I was consuming out of them. <laughs> like Good that call. That's in yeah, Good exactly. call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Glassware matters. And yeah. it's, I've had um, oh, yeah. clients and students who, you know, have kind of been like, "Yeah, the glass is the glass, and then you put an actual flight together for them that exhibits how the the glass is not just the glass and you can yep. get you can get a convert like that yeah. by doing a yeah a yeah, proper side by
2: side read all uh wine club seminars and it's very very telling that you know when you bring with usually we we would uh pair some of our wines with their lineup of glassware but it's always interesting to see dixie cup and then um you know like something that you'd find at a Diner, just the Mm -hmm. the really small, the very thick glass, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. something like that. And then go put a Cabernet in a in a Pinot glass, and then or maybe a a Sauv Blanc glass, then a Pinot, and then a proper Cab, Mm -hmm. and watch that change, that gradient of what you get out of the wine. It's pretty impressive, and it's yeah. Well,
1: because the the science of the shape of the glassware has to do with um, the weight, for lack of a better term, of the aromatics of that Mm -hmm. variety. Of grape um, and so you know when you have the kind of wider burgundy one it allows the delicacy uh, and the, the delicate nature of those aromatics more space to kind of move around in whereas when you have like the super um, like really expressive varieties of wine you can go with a with a narrower top mm-hmm. to kind of like keep them yeah. there and not completely yeah. overwhelm your olfactory. The, the,
2: it's interesting the only difference between the Cabernet shape and the sarah glass is that this just continues upward and narrows the opening just a tad ah. but the shape is the same mm-hmm. at least with riedel yeah I, i'm sure there are, might be others but it's uh it is interesting what that does it, th- how yeah. that and and can how change it the line focuses to yeah. your
1: nose yes. Yeah, and
2: sometimes there are subtle differences and sometimes like between a cab and a burgundy or cabin pinot oh. glass it's yeah. pretty obvious
1: wow so, See the yep. stuff we can geek out yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it all matters yeah yeah
1: and like yeah. a champagne you don't need that to the so when it comes to champagne glassware i am very opinionated about this there are people who She's the expert. <laughs> there are people who tell me that <laughs> flutes are garbage and should never be used and i say oh. nay uh flutes for a reductive style because um, what what the shape of a flute does, that tall cylinder does is it um, it keeps the, the bubbles and it keeps the texture. Mm-hmm. the The wider the glass is, you start to, the bubbles dissipate and you you yep. lose that texture and you, you lose that ripple. effervescence mm-hmm. and, and it goes flat. Mm-hmm. So when you have like those super racy reductive style, like you know, lean, you know, Blanc de Blanc style, you want that flute so that beautiful bead continues to go because that bead is is what's really leading the elegance of that uh-huh. wine, you know, mm-hmm. the, that acid and everything in that wine. When you get to the Blanc de Noirs, the more oxidative styles, you know, not all Blanc, blanc de Noirs are oxidative, but when you get to those more ox- oxidative styles, you can go with a rounder, like, we call them AP, all-purpose glass, um, or... In very specific cases, a burgundy glass, I would use a burgundy glass for like an aged champagne that's got, you know, 20 years on it or so because the effervescence is already um, decreased just from the bottle age. Um, And then the aromatics are so much more important um, in those aged champagnes, but I'll use an AP glass, you know, like this shape but smaller um, for an oxidative style of champagne because in those like yes the bubbles are still important but the the aromatics are um in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah. much more complex and, and yeah. much softer and so you need that yeah. that space
2: yeah i use a blanc glass for something like that yeah. but the flutes work as well
1: yeah flutes yeah. for bead wider mm-hmm. for aromatics there we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> love it thanks for this time <laughs> thank you time. thank you it's been time so good, good to see it was you. fun yeah. to have yeah. you join us yes i know yes
2: till next time
0: well, as always, a lot of projects positive. We have events back, we have a new label coming. Um, and as we wrap up our podcast, we'd love to know what does Hillary love about Belle.
1: Well, I've seen a plan come together. And uh, yeah, and there there's so many uh so many of these projects that are I mean obviously with with seeing the new scoundrel package, like, check, you know, Ugh. that plans together. And there are so many projects that we've been working on for so long that are like shh, Right here, to either being to the next phase or being wrapped up, um, and so this is a really um, kind of nostalgic, cathartic, exciting uh, phase to see. Like, okay, this has been getting worked on for a year, and we're there on it now. You know, it, it's either finished or it's on to the next phase. While you know, simultaneously, there's all these new projects starting up at the same time. Um, but I think, I think this month and like where I where I feel right now, like seeing a plan come together. I love it. Well, cheers
0: to a plan coming together. Yeah, thank you. Go Bell. <laughs> to learn more about what we discussed today or previous episodes, you may watch our podcast on our YouTube channel, as well as Spotify, What I Love About Bell with Hillary Cole. Um, of course, our website provides all information, learn more about our events coming up, trips, um, our clonal tastings,
1: All the things.
0: (laughs) All the things. For more information, give us a ring or visit our website, bellwine.com.